Welcome everyone to the first episode of Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen Chef's Night, where we bring the DMs out to play. Those of us who are usually stuck behind the screen don't often get to play, so we are inviting everybody who doesn't get to do that generally to come out and play the characters that they don't always get to play or that they have a giant binder of and it just kind of gets a little dust. So without further ado, we'll start uh, introducing our first couple of players, uh, starting off with, I guess, our southern friend, Steve. So yeah, I'm I'm Steve. I run Classless Characters, which just started and is actually a 3-5 podcast because we are masochists who like math and uh, all the other little tiny details that go into every single part of that edition. I don't know. What else do you want? I mean, uh, want no, that's, that's perfect, actually. No, yeah. I feel like a noob, so I'm just like, I'm ready to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, just say your name and where you're from and we'll go from there. I'm from Georgia. I'm the only American here. <laughs> and it's daunting. You're going to have fun. So <laughs> our other Easterner, Justin. Hey, yeah, I'm uh, Justin. I'm the Dungeon Master for Mimix and Monstrosities, which is a YouTube currently D&D campaign. Hopefully to move that on to Twitch soon. And I am from London, Ontario, Canada. All right. And then we've got Jesse. Hi, I'm Jesse Boros. I'm co-host of DMs of Vancouver, where we interview DMs about running the game. I'm from... Coquitlam, Canada, in the same area as the rest of the DMTK folks, I guess. And uh, I'm excited to be playing my strange, strange warlock. Awesome. Uh, Andrew. Hey, uh, I'm another local DM here in Vancouver. I met these guys through a mutual friend in my game that I run. So hopefully this will be more fun, having all these DMs. Andrew's from the Basement Guild. And Kayla. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Kayla. I'm from Dungeon Master Test Kitchen as well as Nathan, and we are also in Vancouver. All right. So the the original intent, I guess, we're going to be running through a homebrewed world that I've been working on for eh, the last little bit. All of the characters have kind of established their lives and, and a little bit of their stake within this world. As far as I know, as far as my intent, we're going to be rolling with kind of one-shots that deal with the history of this world, whether they continue on after this or or in the future or in the past. Uh, We'll leave that up to whoever decides to come in and join us. But I guess at that point, are we ready to start the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and to be clear, the whole idea is this is that we want to get DMs together who don't have a chance to play and so everyone can get to play more. So if this is something that you're interested in, if you're listening to this, feel free to reach out to us on social media and we'll be happy to have more people join us. So, yeah, Nathan, take it away. Our story begins in the cavernous Underdark, standing atop a mountain, staring into the horizon over an immense black ocean. To your immediate right, a monument stands, a reminder to the people below of their saviors, four figures, the heroes of this place, embroiled in battle. In the north, a rushing waterfall, the Grand Falls, pouring from the overworld into the Underdark and into the Grand Basin that feeds life to the rest of the counties below. To the east, you see farmers swinging their axes, ears covered, and the trees they hit, screaming in agony as they topple to the ground. Seamsters and seamstresses harvest the leaves for their dye in their shops. Heading south, another mountain just below the one you stand, glittering with an abundance of minerals. The swamp below reflects the minerals as though it were the night sky not seen for hundreds of years. Farther south, abandoned cities, craters, and tunnels, where few dare to live, a barren place removed from civilization. And finally back to the foot of the hill, a large city, the city that started it all, Luxumbra. Entering through the gates, you see a small marketplace in front of you. This marketplace would have anything you would desire in the Underdark. Mapmakers, blacksmiths, farmers, dealers and traders, 
amongst this seemingly normal, everyday crowd stands a single white knoll. What is this knoll doing? I think Varys is looking for someone to listen to her. She is on a mission. She comes from the Carantha tribe who believe that one day we will return above and that she is that prophet and that now is the time to go back. So she is looking for someone that she that she can help bring. She needs to lead people. That is what her mission is. All right. And we see a young son of an innkeeper, uh, a half-elf, yet a little different than what you would expect from a normal half-elf, a half-drow, half-human. What is he doing? Well, uh, yeah, he, t- Teddy walks on into the square and, and starts looking around, uh, taking stock of the situation. You know, he's not used to big city so much. And first of all, I, maybe 50 years is a bit young for a half-elf, but I think it I think it passes most of the time. Uh, I'm looking, for the most part, for somewhere to sit down for now. All right. Now we have a halfling who is definitely not alone and a turtle who is also accompanied by a very interesting thing as well. What are you guys up to? Um, the cenotaph is wandering towards the knoll is kind of interested in what it has to say. And what do you say? I just listen for the moment. I guess of note, the cenotaph is he essentially looks dead. (laughs) He's a very strange looking halfling. His skin is grayed and his eyes kind of stare into the middle distance a lot of the time. But you can definitely tell that he's listening intently to what you're saying. So you're probably the first person who's approached Varys, as no gnolls survived the plague above, and this is the only tribe that's left, and they're feared, often considered ghosts or omens of things to come. So seeing that she's caught your attention, she turns to you, and she's like, you know it's time, right? We need to go above. It's always time. I'm searching. I'm always searching for new ways to go above. I need to reclaim my city. Your city? Well, our city. I am the cenotaph of Raquel. I am the collective dead, and I must reclaim my land. Then you may be who I seek. We shall go above then. Who are, where are your people? We shall lead them together. Oh, sorry. You misunderstand. I am all of my people. She looks at you strangely, and the large bird on her shoulder, whose wings drape almost all the way to the ground, is now tilting its head and studying you with its red eyes. The cenotaph looks, stares back at the bird. Uh, Andrew, how does uh, how does Salandra enter into the city? Well, she's not alone. She's with uh, two of her aides, which are also her sisters. They're going through trinkets, busying themselves, and learning about this this city they've come to, and uh, they don't really pay attention to the common folk. It's not on purpose, but more of just habit. They talk and and, uh, chatter amongst themselves as they pick up small combs and, you know, small trinkets. Okay. Uh, And what is Captain Rudder doing? Captain Rudder would probably just be hobbling around on his two peg legs and probably trying to find people he could bribe into joining his service. He doesn't exactly reveal what his service entails, but yeah, that's what he's doing. Okay. So all of you guys are are within the marketplace, I'm assuming, kind of going around, figuring out what you're looking for. And as you guys are are doing your thing, as you first come into the gates of the city, uh, as you can see which face Heroes Hill, uh, when you first come in, the main road is that marketplace. You immediately enter into basically the commercial area of the city. At the end, there's a grand staircase that kind of leads up to basically council chambers, uh, kind of your government area, uh, and as well as housing for everybody. If you were to look up these stairs, 
you would see this young lizard folk running down the stairs and he's got he's got these papers clutched into his hands. He says, Oh no, oh no, oh no, I'm I'm late, I'm late, oh no, I can't I can't do this. And he's he's kind of holding up his his robes because he it's almost as if he, he's afraid he's gonna trip down the stairs on them. So he's kinda of got his robes up around around his knees. He's like, Oh no, I gotta find these people. Oh, the Oracle's gonna be so mad at me. Uh, 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 oh no, oh no. Um, and then he stops, he comes to a dead halt, and he sees Varys. And his eyes go wide, and he says, oh, I found them! And his neck puffs out in excitement. And he runs up to Varys, and he says, it's you, it's you, I, I needed to find you. Um, um, can you can you please come with me? Uh, actually, that's not how that works. Um, my name is Fridnik, and he hands, he like drops all of his papers everywhere, and he hand, puts both hands out to shake your hand. Varys pulls her hands back and she's looking at him strangely like she doesn't understand what this gesture is. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. And he he turns to the halfling and says, uh, my name is Fridnik. And he very slowly puts out one hand. The cenotaph takes his hand. And he says, it's it's very nice to meet you. Um, uh, the, the oracle sent me for you. It's time. And then he scratches his head. He says, but I expected there to be more people with you. He kind of scoops up all of his papers and he starts looking around frantically. Uh, and as he's looking around and you're looking at this this lizard folk, um, the frills on his neck are kind of like flapping almost. Almost like he's excited, but also nervous at the same time. But he says, he says, uh, uh, I would, I would really appreciate it if you, if you came with me. And he, he opens up the paper, and it says very clearly on there, a white knoll, one of many souls, a half breed, a tortoise, and someone from the sea. Uh, and he says, I don't. I, he's like, I, I gotta look for these other people. Um, and he says, Would you, would you come with me? <laughs> the cenotaph points at the turtle. <laughs> it, <laughs> and he, he looks and he says, "Do you think? Do you think it will? It'll be able to help us? Those pegs. Those. You are looking for a tortoise, correct? Uh, yeah." Uh, Varys looks at the turtle. A pirate! She yells across the market. Yeah, he'll he'll turn to look, but not really say anything. We just stare at you. So, so Fridnik kind of says, okay, you stay here. I'm going to go talk to him. And he looks for, uh, for Rudder. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, sir, sir, um, I was, I was sent to look for you. Um, the, the oracle of this place, uh, she, she sent me to look for, for you guys. Uh, she says it's she says it's important, but she wouldn't tell me why. But she says you're looking for something, and maybe she can help you. I. That's all he says. He just says I. <laughs> <laughs> and he 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 is he's looking at you, and he says, "Uh, uh, I what? I." And he's, oh. Okay, um, he's agreeing with you. He, he says, okay, I, uh, I, okay, um, those, those two are coming with us as well. Um, I'll be, I'll be back. And he starts heading off. I assume Salandra is pretty easy to spot. Oh yeah, you're looking at six foot tall, all three of them. Their hair waves, like they're suspended in water and, uh, yeah, light blue skin. Sticks out like a sore thumb. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Fridnik would would run over and immediately say, uh, "You, you guys, you're 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 the ones of the ocean." Yes. I was asked to bring you to our oracle. I... The the oracle. Yes. Well, take me to her. I would love to speak. Okay. 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 Perfect. Uh, and he's he. This kid is really frazzled. Um, it's like a little 
he lizard folk guy he's like a like kid a or a... who's been oh. given his first big assignment um oh, he's right. a little he's a little overly excited uh and he isn't really a hundred percent sure how he's supposed to be doing this it's basically he was given a list of things to look for and bring them back Varys uh, looks at the cemetery and she's like, I thought you said you had no people here. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh. But oracles are generally a good lead. Hmm. While all this is going on, uh, T- Teddy's going to take notice of the larger gathering of people congregating in the fountain, realize he has no idea where he is, how to deal with the big city, walk over and um, kind of like adjust his belt a little bit and like... <laughs> thumb his nose and approach the, the, the white knoll and, and the halfling by the fountain and pardon me uh ma'am you wouldn't happen to know where a fellow could get a get a stiff drink around here would you i could mix you up a concoction that would knock you off your feet aha uh-huh. well I, I heard that before but i i, I sure i'm sure yeah um, but can I buy one somewhere? I'm, I'm not really in the mood to take something off a street vendor right now. Just kind of need to sit. <laughs> she kind of chuckles this kind of low growl rattling sound and then looks at the halfling and I don't know this area. <laughs> that's, that's like a cat in the sun. Um, all right, then. Uh, what What about you, LaFella? You got anything for me? He kind of just points in a direction and doesn't explain anything he just points in to the west i guess teddy looks off to the west and says mm-hmm. now uh let me ask you this based on how that just went you just pointing or you actually point somewhere <laughs> there's a bound to be a tavern that way i okay, i mean odds of probability i guess but okay uh maybe i asked the wrong y'all seen a guard or anything like that around here someone in like a uniform official like I, i'm sorry to bother y'all um, it would be worth noting that Captain Rudder is wearing a red naval coat. Now, looking over, looking around, the, I, I can see that. Oh, what y'all know that he got a coat on. He looks fancy. Fancy folk generally know where stuff is. It's my experience anyway. Indeed. <laughs> you are a you are a sailor, and you see this tall, like light blue skinned. I'm. You probably be familiar with the Genasi. Yeah, you see yeah. three standing in front of you. One in uh, uh, kind of like shark skin scale male with a big coral trident on her back. You uh, you want to drink? I love to drink. I'll show you where. I ain't no sailor man, but I'd love to drink too. That'd be great about now. All right then, and she begins to head in the general direction of a tavern, I assume. Where are you? Where you go? There Will there be people? Of course, it's a tavern. Then I come. All right. And she looks at the other two. Uh, and yourselves. Aren't we to see the oracle? Well, if she's a real oracle, she foresaw this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what y'all are talking about. That seems like a real good point. Uh, Frednick is, is like, uh, I, but... Don't worry. And I reach down and a little drop of water comes off my hand and I cast Bless on him to calm him. We'll be fine. We'll find our way. I, oh, oh, okay, I, um, oh... I'm so much trouble. And he just kind of. You can come with us. Oh, I could come with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Teddy puts his arm around him and says, "Now, come on, come on, come on, boy." Ain't, ain't no, but ain't no harm gonna come from a quick drink, and you can say you were looking for us at the tavern, right? He, you can see in his eyes that he has never once, never once thought about lying to the oracle. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you to roll persuasion on that one. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Can, can I, can I assist? Uh, let me... <laughs> yes, yes, you can. So Varys is like, things happen as they must. Your oracle does know this. 
All right, we'll uh, we'll let you roll advantage on that one. Ah, uh, okay, not too bad. Yeah. All right, uh, he he kind of hums and haws. He's like, oh, I, oh, oh, um, seventeen for the record. Yeah. Okay. Let's let, let's go have a drink. I guess. Very good. And he's he's just like kind of tucking his arms into his robes and like putting the papers, trying to like get the papers somewhere where he can just like not hold on to them anymore. How heavy would he be? <laughs> One of my aides will scoop him up and they'll like, you know, they'll flirt with him and like play with him on the way there. He's, he's pretty small. So I'm going to roll a, roll a, uh, actually, yeah, roll a, roll a strength check for, for one of your aides. You can use your own stats. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. He scoops him right up. (laughs) Oh yeah. And he, and he starts like, if lizard folk could blush. He would be real red right now. If he was a chameleon, that's probably where he would be going. All right, so you guys are headed off to the all right the local dive. Yeah, I guess Captain Runner would just Captain Runner would just follow because the lizard was talking to him and then just walked away. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah. See, so, I think you try to subvert the, the trope of starting in a tavern, and now we're just going to a tavern. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, on the way there, I I turned to the the white knoll. That that's I've never seen your kind before. Um, do you all carry such magnificent creatures with you? <laughs> Only the seers. She looks this this is Traxus. He is my dread raven. May I? And she reaches out a hand. He uh she like lowers a shoulder and the bird kind of steps down and this is a very large bird so it puts one talon on your hand and you feel the weight of it on you and its hand, and its talon like wraps around your hand but gently. She's gorgeous. He Oh, he. My apologies. No offense. Gender means little to them. Right. Well, um, we are almost there. Right over here. Uh, so as you guys roll up to this bar, just called the Burnt Out Lamp, it is the grossest looking bar in Excellent. that you would have ever seen. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. This place uh, is nice, can... yeah? Um... <laughs> as soon as Teddy sees it, he strolls up, puts a hand out for the door. Oh, yeah. This feel... Thank you, sir. This feels about right. This is much more... Yeah, as we step inside, what are the floors made out of? They're made out of wood, but it's kind of like rotted wood. It's flaking apart. It's not in a good. It's not in any good way. Yeah. All right. So since Captain Rudder has two iron peg legs, <laughs> with like they're point, they're pointed at the end too, so he'd definitely be like scuffing it up and like taking out chunks of the uh, floor as he walks. Then <laughs> can can I get you to roll to get stuck, please? Yeah, sure. What do you want to roll? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just roll me a d20. Okay. <laughs> Proficiency at walking. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a 14. Yeah, uh, no, you you just, like, start punching holes in the floor. Um, you don't get stuck, but you're just, like, as you're walking in, the bartender just kind of groans a little bit, and he's like, well, I'm glad I didn't do anything with the floor yet. <laughs> How did you lose your legs? It seems terribly um, unfortunate. I fed them to me ship. You fed them? I to me ship. That is very strange. I will have to meet your ship one day. He uh, pulls a bottle out of the inside of his jacket and he points to the ship inside the bottle. It's in there. It's a That's a very <laughs> tiny ship. Teddy gets up real close. You can't fit people on that. Uh-uh. That's not a, that's not a people ship. Is that a ship for Anne? <laughs> very... <laughs> 
Ferris is looking in the bottle and she's like, that is no ship. That is a ship for ants. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I want it known that I caught that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so so does the ship react to people like looking at it? Uh, I would say it's it, you guys sort of would feel like the ship's watching you. Are, like if you look real hard, are there little people? Uh, I'd say yeah. For the sake of this, you can see some little crew members working on the ship, running around and stuff. But they are moving. Solandra turns to the rest. Of you. There are little people in here. Can uh, I roll to see if Varus recognizes what that is? Yeah, sure. While they're doing this, I'll order drinks. Uh, when Teddy sees the people moving, he says, "Uh, uh, uh," and just walks over to the bar. <laughs> what would I roll to try to identify this? Mm, maybe a sort of a Arcana, perception. I'm trying to huh? figure out, well, based on what it is, I'm trying to, uh-huh. maybe a survival check? 14. Yeah, I would say that the feeling that you kind of get get from it, uh, also the fact that it kind of made a little bit of a move and you may have may or may not have seen teeth, uh, leads you to believe that it might actually be a mimic in that bottle. Varish just kind of smiles and uh, <laughs> looks at the captain and just nods. That's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And he doesn't acknowledge it and goes to the, the counter. All right. I join. I will go to the counter too. Uh, what is everybody drinking? Um, it, it, it's on me. I can. I can. I be drinking fermented uh. milk. <laughs> <laughs> I turn to the bartender. Um, fermented milk. Um, Fridnik is like, I, I, I don't. What do, do people have- drink here? I, I've never been to a bar. <laughs> what? Um, do your people have anything that um makes them? Joyous and uh, bountiful um, when they drink it. Usually, when they eat harpy eggs. Harpy, harpy <laughs> eggs. Um, that's not something you drink, but you're on the right path. Uh, so you're just not thinking big enough. Teddy leans over the bar and 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 looks at the bartender. He's picking up the drinks, but and he looks him dead in the eye. I, I got the tip, and uh, you got you got any of them for fermented harpy eggs? You know, you put them on the the low boil for a good twelve. 36 hours you come back to them maybe a week later and they're just right and they they got that thick smoky flavor to them the bartender looks and he just he says oh god dead in the eye and he scratches the back of his head but yells out yo crumb and this little like dwarf kind of comes out Uh, he's asking for the dwarf specialty. It's oh, yes, and he just gets this huge grin on his face that you can barely see, but behind this giant beard, he says, "Oh yeah, I'll be right back." Well, well, hold on now, hold, hold on, another fella. I'm gonna be honest with you; it's not for me. Uh, I I had too many. I've woken up too many times. Uh, now I lift up the lizard man. It's for him. Yeah, just a little snifter for him to try it out. But uh, if you could just get me whatever is dark and on ice, and and will make me forget about that little bottle that'd be great <laughs> he, he, he kind of he wakes he kind of wakes and gives you the gun and he says okay yeah and comes back in yeah. about 30 seconds and he slams like this this bottle of really dark looking alcohol on the uh, on the counter and it is bubbling and it is real thick looking and he comes over to the lizard uh, over to Fridnik and cracks open this jar and it smells atrocious <laughs> and Fridnik is just like his his frills just like instantly pop out um, like he's got this giant collar and his tongue starts going. He's like, that's the, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Yeah, take a, take a little sip at first, you know, little little just nice and easy. 
and I look for that uh, very darkly. So he he actually pulls out an egg um, out of this jar, uh, and then he pops open the the bottle of the dark liquor and pours a shot for you. Um, uh, take it. Okay. Take it in my hand. Don't drink it yet. I just don't drink it yet. Uh, and Frenick just downs two or three of these eggs. Varus is intrigued. He's just like, I'll have one as well. Well, uh, you've told a little dwarf about that, Teddy. Crack. Just, just down it. Go as hard as he can. <sighs> All right, now where's that? Where's that liquor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he he basically pulls out a fastest mug of mead and and sets it down in front of you. And he just downs the entire thing as quickly as he can to wash the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> I'll take one, two, please. Oh, two, please. <laughs> oh. And he's placating while this happens. <laughs> I bet you I can drink faster than you can. Oh god. <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of night, fella, but uh, maybe after I've had a good night of sleep. Excuse me, I am a lady. I, I'm not- <laughs> Look, here's the thing. You just learn to be, I know, I got two eyes. I'm just, ma'am, if you would prefer, just trying to be friendly. That's on me. Different folks, different strokes, you know. She gives you a, she gives you a shot in the shoulder. I'm just kidding. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Drink, huh? And she cheers. He's already, he's already, he's already down and he grabs for the third one as, and he cheers us with that. <laughs> all right. I just down mine as fast as I can. <clears throat> all right. And he puts it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Just big city laugh. This stuff always freaks me out. Uh, and he, and he's sitting facing the bar on the store or whatever so he's gonna turn right and then turn right again to, to face out into the audience or not the audience the the, the floor there's too many <laughs> is people this, is here. this kind of like one of those you know both elbows on the on the bar like leaning back on it kind of thing oh absolutely if he had it he does can I, he has a hat so he's just gonna tip that back up with one thumb i have a hat too i turn and face the same way and my hair just drifts into your face <laughs> your entire view I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, uh, it's quite alright. It. I think it's quite alright. Um, Wipes it off. Captain Rudder is going to go sit uh, at a table, preferably like within earshot of people, and he's going to take off his little pirate hat that he's wearing, put it on the table, prop his uh, peg legs up <laughs> on the table as well, and uh, within his uh, red naval coat that he's clearly stolen from a naval officer, he's going to put this uh, piece of blank parchment with a quill on the table, and he's going to look around the uh, around the tavern and anyone be looking to join me crew nope <laughs> and he's saying that to like <laughs> keep striking not just the people he's came here with 181 that is 181. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah it's a big tavern a lot of people must be <laughs> an band <laughs> internet <laughs> roll me a d6 rather cool uh, and that is a, if it ever rolls, a two. Okay. Uh, so you have a, an orc and a, an elf, um, looks to be about a, looks to be a wood elf, uh, kind of roll up and, and start asking you questions about, about your crew and about your request. Okay. Uh, and the, they both kind of come up together. It looks like they're, they're both pretty young. Uh, they look like they're pretty friendly with each other. So like they actually know each other. Uh, and... Yeah, they're they're like, well, you, uh, you have you're looking for crew. I so for for what? What's the what's the purpose? I be a pirate, so I be looking for crew, plundering, stealing, that sort of thing. <laughs> the the orc gets this big grin on his face, and the and the elf just kind of starts to look a little a little sheepish. Um, uh, I don't know if that's my gig. Uh, and the orc immediately just like, yeah, okay, I'm down. Don't tell me where to be, basically. Uh, but the elf is like, why, how would you, why? Uh, and then he's, uh, so what do you, what do you say to the elf? 
he would probably just instantly dismiss the elf. Just ignore the elf completely. Okay. All right, <laughs> that's fair. Probably look to the orc and uh, ask him. Yeah, just one question. Do you have any diseases? <laughs> Don't want none of that scurvy. Uh, I mean, as, as far as I know, no. <laughs> He's just like giving you this weird look. Diseases? I don't think so. Good, because I've had plenty. You can't lie to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm. I get a pretty pretty clean bill of health, but uh, if you're if you're worried about having somebody who's green on your on your ship, like take my name off the list. No, it's all good. Plenty of green folks on me ship. Uh, All right, all right. Cool. Yeah, I'm 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 disease free. At least that's what my mama says. And then he's gonna he's gonna fish around in his coat and he's gonna hold onto the bottle for a second, and then he'll probably. How do you feel about tight spaces? <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to that. Oh Jesus! I used to I used to work in the mines around here, and tight spaces aren't a huge issue. And Captain Red will just nod and sort of adjust his eye patch a little bit with his free hand. What be your name? Uh, my name my name is uh is Thok. It's what fuck. Thok, T H O K. Sorry, the sea air be melting me ears. It, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, you you stop hearing things right in the mines, and you know all that, all that clanging and banging down there. You hear people half the time anyway. I be Captain Rudder. Well, it's it's uh, it's good to meet you. Um, so are you are you just in town to grab more crew? Is that is that what your thing is? Because I got. I got people that might be interested in doing something different. Uh, the mines are killing us down there. Yeah, I'd be looking to feed me ship. Uh, I mean, feed me crew, um, mostly. Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, let me uh, let me let me get back to you. I mean, I've I've already signed up. I'm I'm good. But let me. Uh, are, are you going to be in town for a little bit? I'll uh, I'll find more people to to come on by. I think I think this is good for give people some change. I. All right. <laughs> he he basically does an about face and runs out the door. All right, and. Uh, after he does that, uh, Rudder's gonna pull the bottle out and like look around to make sure not many people are focused on him, which <laughs> hope they're not. And if they are, he doesn't really care. And he's just gonna like gingerly like pet the bottle and uh, he's gonna say, "Don't worry, Bessie, you be fed soon." And he's gonna put the bottle back into his <laughs> coat and step back towards the bar and ask again for the fermented milk. So Lundra sees him come and she, in between gulps of ale, she's gonna whisper to Rudder, "You know, I can cure diseases." <laughs> Just let me know. I I can I can cure whatever ails you. I heard. <laughs> I like be diseased. They give me character. All right then. <laughs> so uh, uh, Varys is gonna finish her drink and she's gonna look around the room and then she's gonna go to the center of the room and she is going to speak and she says very loudly. She's like, "How long have you all been down here?" Two months. Other people in the crowd start kind of murmuring. I cast thaumaturgy on her to make her voice louder. Oh God! Who is sick of living in darkness and squalor? Someone pipes up. But but we got the we got the mages guild. We got we got the lighters. They they set lights for us. It's not dark down here. Oh, and you think that is the same as the sun? What do I? I don't know. I'm I'm only 150 years old. I don't, I don't know what this sun is. Exactly. You have been denied your birthright. We all have by being forced down here for so long. It is time for us to reclaim our world. To go above to where the sun is. Our mother, our god, our life force. At the mention of a god, Rudder just laughs. Who is with me? Just ha! <laughs> Vera shoots him a dirty look. <laughs> Lundra as well, just six feet under. 
The cenotaph comes and stands by Varus. You, you know, um, you're a sailor. Shouldn't you worship the storm god or maybe ask for their blessing? Nah. To grant you safe ways. You, so you mock him. You laugh in his face. And you see now like a little bit of electricity in her eyes. The only thing I need to worship angry. is a good mug of fermented milk, me ship, me crew, in the ocean. No gods. Yes, we know that this is the small ocean, right? There is a bigger one. You you sail in a pond. No, no turtles. This is not an ocean. Uh, in, in my city, there is a, a rift to another world made of water. Endless oceans to sail. You have not seen the breadth, I grant you. There's gods everywhere. Whether or not you believe in them, they believe in you. He just laughs and yeah. <laughs> As you guys are talking, uh, Fridnik, he goes, hmm, oh god, oh, what have I done? And then he kind of overhears your conversation, and he turns around, and he throws up on the floor. Teddy instinctively gets up to clean it up, but then remembers he doesn't work here, and sits back. <laughs> and he, he says, that's what it was supposed to be. She wanted me to get you guys because it was time. Time for what? Time to, to go up, to, to, to see... The overworld, I guess. You have seen it too. She, I mean, I haven't, but I think she has. Um, they, they, they've been looking. I, I say they. Uh, she's been looking for people to to go up there. She said it's time. And he's standing there with kind of like puking his hands, but he's like really focused on what he's saying to you guys. So he's like, <laughs> Can we give him a wet Have any of the other like tavern folk like responded to what's happening right now? Um, some of them have. Some of them are kind of starting to murmur amongst themselves, but most of them are just kind of like, uh, we don't go, we don't even talk about going up there. The most we do is, you know, like a, a yearly festival at the top of the mountain. You know, that's that's where the cavern entrance is, and yeah, it's just kind of our, our tradition, but they don't really believe that they'll ever get out, so. But there are some people murmuring about, oh, maybe we can, this is interesting, like maybe we can get out, maybe, maybe this is a thing that can actually happen. Um... You turn to the cenotaph. You are many in one, you say. Yes. Have any of you seen the overworld? We all lived and died on the overworld. I remember. How many are you? Too many to count. I remember the sun on our graves and many other things. Mm. We should go to the oracle. I, I agree. And uh, yeah, I finished my drink. All right. The ladies pick up the little lizard man, Frillick. <laughs> Frillick, yeah. Frillick. Yeah, I cast lesser restoration, clean him up, make him not feel sick, make him presentable for the oracle, and make just uh, after he's all clean. There you go. It's like she never even knew you were gone. Uh, thank, thank, thank you so much. I, oh man, I feel so bad. That's our secret. The, the frills on his neck flutter a little bit, and he just like smiles. Solandra laughs and kind of ruffles them a bit, and they move on. Uh, Varus tends to lizard as like. This is her biggest opportunity. She's like, let's go see Oracle now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teddy remains at the bar. <laughs> Orders another drink and also inquire. How, how much of room for the nut? Seems like all this. How, how much for a nut? Just one. Put my hood up and like look inconspicuous. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, bar, the barkeep is like, well, I mean, we usually just. The room's usually about ten silver. It's basically just a bed in a closet. Yeah, that's 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 good. Um, is that is yeah one of those like open right now? I got a bad feeling about the next question that's gonna get asked uh, my way. He's, he says, yeah, yeah. Um, you you can you can go up there right now, and he kind of like tosses you the key. Yeah, I'm gonna toss a gold piece in return on the counter and just like skadoosh. This seems like a lot of work. As you're running away, Frednick is like, no, 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 half-breed friend. Um, hey, no. that's racist. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm that is sorry. offensive. 
How I would mean, you like it if I called you a little gillneck, huh? That's not nice. He says people call me that all the time. That's not nice. That doesn't mean you could do it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just going by what's on my paper. And he like shows you and it literally says. Effort. It's a racist paper. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but please. <laughs> Folds his arms. He says, can you, I'm really sorry. Can you, can you just, just, just hear us out? I don't even, I just wanted a drink. I don't know. So maybe we can find drink in the over- overworld. There's drink here. So we can bring it with us. Oh, look, that's not the only driving motivation here. I just can I see your paper, little look, man. You seem all right. I just you haven't we haven't really talked about what's going on here. I'm a little uncomfortable by the fact that all eyes are in this direction right now. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. Uh, maybe we could sit down for a minute. I could read your paper and we can maybe see where we're going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There. Why don't we get you another one of them little fermented eggs? How, how's that? Maybe don't throw it up on your hands this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I know I'll, I'll pass the fermented eggs, but. Yeah, just maybe water. And I'm going to take the paper. I'm just going to, like, pluck it out of his hands and take a look at that real okay. quick. <clears throat> and on the, as you're looking through the paper, it is basically, it's a simple note. And it says, to Fridnik, in my vision, the previous night there is one in white with with a bird one from the ocean a tortoise uh and it literally says a half breed and and then as i read it as teddy reads it he mumbles racist racist (laughs) note and he keeps reading uh and it says one but many (sighs) all right the hell some of these are specific enough, I guess. Although I do maintain that a turtle and a thing from the sea could be the same thing. That could you, be one thing. But all right, all right, all right. I'll tell you what, Free Dick. You pay for the round, and you got yourself a deal. And he, he says, "Yeah, okay." And as you as you're talking to him, you notice that he calms right down. Uh, as does the whole room. Everything just kind of goes silent and calms down. Um, and he says, yeah, yeah, okay. I can, I'll pay for it. That'll be fine. All right. Uh, all right, buddy. I'm going to like pat him on the <laughs> knee in a real friendly manner. It's all right. Just take a deep breath. He says, yeah, okay. Um, and then he just kind of walks over and, and pays the, you see, you see him pull out like a pouch of, of money and he just basically dumps everything that's, that's left in it on, on there. And it's like, <laughs> five silver is it way too much <laughs> no, it, it's it, oh it's way not enough it's way not enough and oh. the barkeep's like uh yeah it's okay for it nick it's it's fine man. i'll put a couple gold down <laughs> i'm also gonna put a couple gold down and honestly just dump those back into the palm of my head and just no buddy come on i thought we we're no yeah, but let's just go now i feel bad <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs> <sighs> he's like, oh, oh okay all right oh, damn you karma <laughs> He's he's definitely happy, but he's much more calm now at this point. So are you guys heading that direction then? Uh, yeah. To the Oracle. Yeah. Yes, to the Oracle. Look for Nick shows the way. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of DMTK's Chef's Night. So, in case you missed it, Chef's Night is a spin-off of mine and Kayla's regular channel, DM's Test Kitchen, an actual play podcast where we tell a story while trying as many systems and resources as possible. In Chef's Night, I'll be leading a changing party of characters played by other dungeon masters through a world where everyone was forced to move underground due to a dangerous plague 200 years ago. Like was mentioned earlier today, today's cast consists of myself and Kayla from DMTK, Jesse of DMs of Vancouver, Justin from Monsters and Monstrosities, Steve from Classless Characters, and another DM named Andrew from the Basement Guild all of which are great podcasts we recommend you check out. 
Links will be provided in the show notes. If you listen to our other show or follow us on social media, you may already be aware that we're currently hosting a giveaway thanks to local dice manufacturer Libris Arcana. Libris is currently running a Kickstarter which will launch two sets of brand new dice that won't be available again after this, as well as offering a yearly subscription to monthly dice sets. But that's not all. I highly recommend you go and check them out to see all the goodies they're offering. We got our hands on prototypes of the two sets. The first set is called Hawaiian Sunset, which is a transparent red, blue, and yellow set. The second set is Snowblind, a semi-transparent white set full of glitter. These sets are up for grabs. Check out our social media, dmstestkitchen.com, or the show notes for more details. We'll be drawing the winners on December 8th. As always, thanks so much for listening. And if you want to keep up to date on everything DMTK, Chef's Night or otherwise, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And check out dmstestkitchen.com to find out more about what we're doing, get your hands on information about the systems we're playing, and more. If you would like to help support us, visit dmstestkitchen.com and click the donate button, buy a shoutout, or check our merch store. We appreciate all kinds of support, little or small. But one of the best things that you can do for us is to share us. Tell people about us and tweet about us using the DMTK hashtag. Our next episode for this series will be out on December 20th. Thanks again for listening. I'll let you get back to the main course. Um, as he's as he's like scooped up in one of the uh, Ganassi's arms, he's just kind of like pointing in that direction. But he, as you guys exit out of the market, uh, the market square, and head up the stairs to the government and housing district, uh, one thing catches your eye as you uh, as you head that way. Over the the bit of the rise, you notice that there is a large building. Uh, that looks like three overturned or upside-down triangles kind of side-by-side. Two larger triangles on the left and the right side, and a smaller one in the center. Uh, Almost, uh, if you were a giant, you would be able to sit between between them, uh, or on the center one, and use the other two as as armrests. And a uh, more stairs actually kind of line the way heading up to this uh, to this building and Fridnik says that that that's the building right there that's that's where we need to go see the Oracle and he says this is uh, this is where the council of of millennia uh, reside kind of but more or less the, the government of this area uh, but yeah that, that that's where we need to go okay yep I turn to the group um my father sent me here as uh more of an ambassador. I know my way. Lead the way. All right. And I take uh, Frillick with me. <laughs> yeah. So as you as you guys sort of enter the the main foyer of this building, uh, after kind of climbing the stairs and going the in the front door, there is a large monument uh, that has five symbols on it. At first, you see the Star of Lulth, a sign repurposed by the Drow. Lulth is long dead and her teachings with her, but the people still use it as a sign of who they are. An axe to represent the orcs, a pitchfork and wheat for the humans, a bow and arrow for the overworld elves, and finally a hammer representing the dwarves. This monument is a celebration of the joining of five nations into one on closing day. And so that is the that is the first thing you were greeted with. Uh, on your left and your right are two white marble stairs that kind of follow up the walls uh, to the top of 
the first triangle that you're in, and they exit actually out onto the roof of this. Exiting onto the roof, there's a bit of a balcony area, uh, and doors to your right and your left, going into the opposite triangles, uh, the larger ones. Which way is to the oracle? Fridnik says that the oracle resides mainly in the right side. Sorry, Varys is looking at the symbols on the monument, and she turns to Fridnik and is like, where is your people on this? Uh, he, Fridnik says, well, our, our people don't really have um, a, a, a symbol. Um, a lot of the time we were pretty, uh, we, were, we were pretty feral until, you know, we had to come underground. Uh, for the first 50 years or so, we didn't really reside in the cities. And mainly we just had small settlements outside. Uh, and until someone kind of approached us, we basically just raided people until we were sort of brought into civilization, I guess. Uh, so this was built long before us. And he, he looks a little bit ashamed of, of like kind of having to tell you that basically his people were rogues for the first 50 years or so. Give him a very light punch <laughs> on the shoulder. Don't worry, buddy. I ain't got no people neither. Shame not, little lizard. You don't see my symbol either. <clears throat> He says, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Well, I mean, we're, we're all here now, I guess. Why don't you uh, show us on the way in? I feel like every minute I'm still on my feet is another minute that I'm getting closer to falling off of him. <laughs> he says, yeah, 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 okay, okay. Uh, and he uh, leads you guys up the, uh, the right side of the stairs. Uh, and as you get to the top, you can kind of look around, and as you get to the top of that center area, the first balcony, uh, you immediately see uh, the Hero's Hill, basically, uh, in the background. It, there's a perfect view of it and the spiral that goes up around it. Uh, and you can see just barely at the top of it the, the monument of the, uh, the statue of the four heroes um, that it's named after. And he says, oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a big mountain to climb. Uh, and then he just, just kind of talking to himself and he says, oh, uh, we gotta go, we gotta go through the right door. Um, the Oracle, uh, Baku, she, she lives over there uh, and he leads the way. Over there is in the, the hill or? No, in the, on the right side, the, no. the right triangle. Follow, but very intentionally lagged at the back <laughs> of the group. Casually. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, Captain Red will just stay in the back. His, his peg legs probably being quite audible as <laughs> clang, he walks clang, on the surface. Varys has no qualms of walking next to the lizard. <laughs> okay. So tough to. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so he, he leads you into the the rightmost uh, triangle. And as you get in, the chamber kind of opens up wide. And there is a circular uh, desk set up. Six chairs on the on the right, six chairs on the left. Uh, a single chair in the center that is not set behind any of the desks. And the chair itself is made of a... It's made of a combination of white and black marble, representing Baku, who is the oracle. Uh, But she's not sitting there. Uh, There is an open door behind, and Fridnik says, "Um, Oh, I I guess the council isn't here today. Uh... But she should be in in her uh, in her office, just just behind the chair, and so he kind of leads you guys back. You mean your oracle didn't know we were coming? Uh, no, she was 
expecting that's expecting you guys that's why we that's why i came out to get you um but i mean she probably i I don't know why she's not sitting in the chair i don't think the council members always stay here but i don't know Hmm. teddy takes his hand off the chair back he was about to sit in oh so we're not uh, he said, he said just, okay. just, just a little farther. So uh, where sorry, are we going? Sorry, friend. Uh, and he takes you through one more door. Uh, and oh, things seem a little less pretentious uh, in this office. Um, there are a couple of chairs uh, available to sit. Everything is very much less white and uh, black and white. There's a lot. There's a lot more color involved. And but one thing you do notice is. A woman sitting behind a desk. Uh, she has bright blonde hair, and her skin is not a single tone. Uh, in fact, she it literally one half of her is a dark skin that uh, Teddy would recognize uh, as a drow, and the other half is a very pale white uh, skin. Uh, one of her ears on the drow side is long, very long and pointed. On the other side is still pointed, but kind of shorter. Her eye on the side that is a lighter skin is stark white, and the other eye has a vibrant blue iris against her dark skin. And there are two people uh, already sitting. They're getting ready to get up and leave. One of them is an orc, and his name is Ulthar. And the other is an elf, and her name is Vaxellan. And they both kind of get up. They look at you guys, and they look back at Baku, and they say, uh, It was great meeting with you. Uh, we'll be on our way. We'll let you attend to your business. And they leave, and Baku says, Oh, uh, Fridnik, you, you found them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, please, please, friends, sit, sit. Uh, and she gestures to the chairs in front of her, uh, in front of her desk. Teddy lets all ladies sit before taking a chair, or moving towards one. Catherine <laughs> sits down first. Vera sits down. Nice. Uh, Salandra will just stay back. So Teddy stands forever. How many chairs? Yeah, no. If you're not sitting <laughs> down, <laughs> Teddy stands forever. And after about like a minute or two, is going to start giving you like <laughs> looks towards the chair. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you exactly. see what I'm doing? Getting the like chair. It's like a silent debate that happens on transit with old people. It's like, are you sitting down? No. Yes. No. <laughs> exactly. You're going to take it, or we're going to be an asshole. What are we doing? In fact, Teddy will eventually start to <clears throat> and like gesture his head towards the chair at you. <clears throat> chair. <clears throat> uh, there are enough chairs for everybody. Oh, fuck that then he sits down. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought he's not good at counting chairs. <laughs> I didn't say anything about the chairs. No, he's not. He does a recount. Oh shit. And he sits down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so so Baku, she says, I uh, I really appreciate all of you all of you coming here. It's it's been about and she stops and she thinks, she says, if we're thinking exact years it's it's been about 198 years since we all came down here and recently and and she first she stops and she says and she looks at every single one of you guys and says do you guys know the story of how everybody came down here i know how my people came here and she she looks and says oh yes oh you're yes i was there i understand and and so she kind of says okay well if if you all kind of understand You'll know that for for the longest time that these the cavern above on the hill behind us 
the the magic that protects this cavern that keeps the autumn death at bay every once in a while it will shine through sunlight and that's and that's the reason that we have our festival every year we bathe in the sunlight once a year and we take that opportunity to to celebrate the fact that there's going to be a day that we need to go back above and i feel like and she and she kind of gestures uh ulthar and uh and vlexen and says with the three of us and as well as the other council members were discussing that we think it's time for sure we won't be able to completely move everybody right away uh, in fact I suspect that a lot of us will have to stay down here for quite some time, but we need an initial scouting party, I guess we could say, to go up there and prove that it's livable again. Which is why Fr- uh, Fridnik has brought you to me. I-, I saw a vision of the five of you, and I sent him the list. We needed you to come. I don't know what else I can do, I just, it was all of the proof that I could really give. Are, are you able to help? Is this something that I can trust you guys to do? I was going to do this, whether you called us or not. Great, that sounds amazing. Um, I don't know. You've been waiting a long time. We will go to the surface. We will find any traces of the Autumn Death and destroy them. And she she looks at, at Rudder and, and, and Teddy. Oh, Teddy is, by the way, I'd like to imagine about halfway to the door when she looks at him. <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah, and... And Rudder would be like picking picking his teeth with his cutlass because he's just zoning out. Teddy is really on relying on that distraction to get to the door unnoticed, and it just do, failed him. Do turtles have teeth? I, he's picking his mouth or whatever. But <laughs> okay. his cutlass, because yeah, he can't keep attention for long, so he's just zoning out. Uh, the first thing she says to to Teddy is, "I, I mean, you're you're leaving so quick." Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. And he looks at each part, thinks for a second, and says, Ma'am, I, uh, I think you may have the wrong guy. I'm just a, you know, any, any, <clears throat> I'm just a small town boy. And he starts playing up his accent really hard. Just a small town boy. And he starts rubbing the back of his neck. And I'm just not accustomed to the big city. And I think it's just about time for me to find somewhere where that's not as, that's terrifying. And I feel like I'm real and nervous right now and i'd uh and he starts like huffing like patting at his waist like reaching for any full flask yeah and she says she says teddy and she says hold i like that you know my name darling gonna be honest and she says it's 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 okay um and she breaks eye contact with you and reaches behind her desk and pulls out a map teddy looks at it and she says and he thinks real hard and, and she says i think i think this is the map that you might have been looking for Oh, shit. It's gonna be one of those days, isn't it? Uh, alright. And he sits back down, and he looks very sheepish. She hands over the map, and she says, You can look at this map, and... Is there a fire burning in this room? <laughs> no. Okay. She says, you, you can look at this map. I know why you came to this city. This map is yours to do with, do with what you please. But... Is there a fireplace in this room? Uh... <laughs> 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 there is a an unlit fireplace in the t- in the room. As soon as she says, "Do with what you will," he moves towards the fireplace. <laughs> okay, um, and Beatty keeps listening. Yeah, and she says, "This map is a darn good replica of the real one that you're for sure looking for." And he stops and he says, "Oh hell!" And she says, "We have the real one because, well, you're an important part of our our nation." 
It's a map that we can't really let go, but I trust that you have the best intentions for it. Uh, he, he slowly puts away his tinderbox when she says that. <laughs> yeah, best intentions. <laughs> and she says, Sits down. If it were to get into the wrong hand, it would be troublesome for your people, right? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna level with you, ma'am. I think best case scenario is no hands, mine included. <laughs> Um, and yours probably included, too, as, as comely as they are. I, I just, so, uh, you know what? And he just kind of, like, crumples up the one in his hands and, like, not, like, really a destructive way, but, like, a very nervous yeah. way. It says, I think I'll just do something with this <laughs> she, later. She kind of chuckles a bit and says, okay, but what I'm getting at is the real one is yours to do with Genie. Yeah, yeah. Assuming you come back alive. Small, small thing. He does the giraffe sign of the cross and says, oh, no. Uh, and uh, she looks at Captain Rudder and says, I, I suspect you're probably interested in uh, taking that to a different uh, body of water. I Probably tastier things. I tastier things be good for Bessie. Well, if you join the rest of them, it's, uh, it's a good chance you might be able to find a lot of that. You make a fair point. Uh, and she turns to uh, Salandra and she says, And I I take it you are back to discuss with us again treaties? Yes. My father has made a decision and he uh, sent me in advance. He'll be here in a week to discuss further the developments between our cities. Hmm. Okay. And she, she kind of smiles and says, If you would find it so fitting, joining on this away, uh, this away party would probably go a long way in convincing the council to definitely agree to whatever your father has to say, especially when he comes in such short notice. Well, I can leave one of my sisters here to speak for me and um, surely join these these people. But I have to say, this man feeds things to a ship. I kind of, this, this nervous man here, he's got a point. I knew it! Look, I'm not nervous. I am cautious. What? There is a significant difference. Mama didn't raise no fool. Understandable. My mother was very good. I only feed bad people to my ship. Is that why you fed part of yourself to it? Who decides that? You were the ship. Teddy <laughs> <laughs> looks very uncomfortable as you laugh. He looks very uncomfortable. But I will go with you. I will help. Has, so has everybody decided that they are going? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we all got time. Yeah, Captain Rider is good to go. <laughs> minor arm twister. Um, and so she she lays out five keys and she says the powers that created the barrier on the top of the hill are much more powerful than any one person can can dispel. In fact and she looks at each one of the keys and says even these five keys together will only open a single doorway for the five of you to leave. Most of us down here have not had the training or the strength to dispel the barrier or even create a new one that the four heroes have created above. But for a short period of time, we can disperse the magic to allow people to go through. And she says, you will all need to take a key and together the five of you will need to exit together. My recommendation is, and she kind of looks, uh, pulls out uh, a ledger and flips through it says possibly tomorrow you leave tomorrow is the festival day at the top of the hill and i think it would probably be a pretty good distraction for some of you also be easy for you guys to escape maybe later 
later in the afternoon when the festivities are at their highest. I'd be a master of escape. Teddy raises his hand. Teddy keeps his hand up. <laughs> I slowly raise mine. Do, do you have a question, Teddy? Don't know why. Kind of glancing around the room. Oh, yeah, and he puts his hand down and kind of, like, stages. Oh, um, I thought you were in charge. Is this illegal? You kind of seem real official here in your office, and if we're sneaking out, um, is someone going to chase us? <laughs> no, nobody's going to chase you. Well, and then she stops and she says, well, there are people that may want to also leave, but I wouldn't recommend getting involved. So not not our ship, not our monkeys. Absolutely. And he looks at Rudder <laughs> as he says that. And she she definitely says, yeah, there is a a group that would like to make it through first, but their intentions probably not pure, as far as we understand. And we want to be able to make sure that the place is safe, that any magics that are being used that are not duplicated uh, to be able to bring down this barrier, uh, which is why there are only five keys, and we were only sending a scouting party of Teddy leans forward with a big glint in his eyes and gets a big old grin, says, oh, if you need some killing done, you might have gotten the right person after all. Tell me more about this other group of folk you need dealt with. Big smile. Yeah, Rudder would definitely seem interested too. <laughs> <laughs> Roll persuasion to see if she is going to tell you. Alright, I just want to point out, he's real excited at the prospect of killing <laughs> right. somebody. But not that excited. Oh, that was a charisma check. I'm so sorry. It's about the same thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Or not. No. No. <laughs> Take the right roll. Take the correct roll. So, uh, Teddy, Teddy roll six. a nine. Teddy that's no. a charisma. And a six is a persuasion. Say no. I mean, is that still, a six or a nine? They're reversible, right? Teddy needs to drink real bad. <laughs> exactly. His flasks have been empty. didn't get to fill up at the bar. But he's really excited at the prospect of getting to kill someone. That's about as good. Okay. Uh, and she she says, I I would really like to say something, but let's let's get this out of the way first. How about if they just if someone runs towards us, we can kill him. Well, and he and he like opens his mouth like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> she says, <laughs> preferably not in the city, but outside, outside of the city. Once you get through the barrier, of course, slaps his knee. Sold. What, what if I put him in? What if I put him in me bottle? Technically, they're not around if they're in me bottle. <laughs> she... Teddy, Teddy gets, looks looks around, get leans in real close. I'm gonna be honest. Can I walk? <laughs> Rudder nods. All right then, sold. <laughs> And she, Speak and she hands you guys the keys. Are they different? Or are they all the same? Brother would bite, tried biting it to see what it's made out of. Yeah, the so the keys are, they look a little bit different. One of them is kind of a, a dark purple. One of them is a bright white. Okay, but who, who's his witch, though? I would say that uh, there is a, I would say Rudder would go with the, the closest to Rudder is the dark purple. Excellent. There is kind of a, a white with a bit of, with like a tint of red that is closest to Varys. A blue key sits in front of Salandra. All right. And there are two kind of pearlish keys that sit in front of the uh, the other two. Grab one of them. I take the other. And as you guys grab onto them, uh, you can kind of feel whatever magical power that you might have within you. Whether you know it or not, you can feel something flowing into these keys. Oh, give me the prize. I am the one. And he slips it into his pocket. Rudder's gonna shake, shiver a little bit. Damn. 
I hope the swamp are not coming back. <laughs> Don't worry, I told you I can cure disease. You're fine. Uh, and she says you you are free to stay at the inn tonight for free. It'll be on on the council. You have uh, until well, basically you have till noon tomorrow to be up at uh, up at Heroes Hill. Why don't we leave right now? Why wait? Teddy raises his hand immediately as soon as she, as soon as she starts talking. <laughs> uh, yes, Teddy. Uh, I'm gonna point out I already paid for a room, and so I have a proposition. You know, maybe if you could just put my room tab towards a bar tab. I did pay for every for for. for for everybody else, but except for Fridnik earlier, and I think we should stay. I would like to sleep in a bed that wasn't under a rock. I sleep on me ship. Don't want to know. Uh, she so she says uh, you. She says you you do what you like, and and she looks at Varys and says, I I guess if you want to leave tonight, but I don't know. I mean, you guys do what you feel is best. Uh, Rudder is gonna look at the Oracle and say, "Well, I need some information." I hiring a crew, and I hired a an orc named Thok. I, I couldn't understand him. His name kind of dumb. Could you tell me where he is? I got to go pick him up. It, it, she says, "I I can't I can't do that for you. That's not how my power works." <laughs> she she says, "I knew you were coming." Yeah, she didn't even know we were here. <laughs> no, not so much. You're right. Cl- close enough. And she just kind of chuckles a bit. She says, "You know how these things work." Um, all right. Um, if if there's nothing left, um. Shall we go? Not yet. Who is this other group? Oh yeah, the murder. Teddy sits back down. <laughs> she kind of. She says, "I don't. I don't know that I'm. That's information that you want right now." I'll feed you to me ship if you don't tell us. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no I won't. Uh, that seems impolite. That seems like a bad way to start a relationship. <laughs> And he, like, snaps his fingers, <laughs> and he, like, points, like, ah, maybe not. Last relationship I had, I lost my legs. Last relationship I had, I lost my legs, got a disease, and lost my eye. Well, then let's not start it off the same way, because I'm assuming that's the boat, right? I think no. there's hotlines for stuff like that. It's the boat, and it was my mistress. Don't want to know. We are not going to feed anybody to anything at this particular moment in time. And he sits back down. Oracle, we need to know the threats that we face. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, she is pretty interested in changing the topic that is in front of her. She says the group is called Fallen Plague. They, they're a group that feels that if they are the first to, in their mind, escape the Underdark, that they are going to try and join with the Autumn. They believe that there is power to be had in harnessing it. And they believe that letting it into the Underdark and consuming the people Dick move. is something that they think is good, that they think will help people. Then um, we will kill them on sight and I will <laughs> absorb their souls into myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> she just like wide-eyed like, <laughs> looks directly at you. Uh, and I get to watch. Rudder's gonna raise a finger. I need to feed one of them to me ship, though. At least one. Agreed. I'm gonna be honest, that kind of seems like folks trying to bring in Armageddon, and we kind of need to know that. That does seem like pertinent information. I just want to point out. Any threat to this mission, we will dispatch of. I can still I can still feed the Oracle to the ship that's still on the table. <laughs> no, no, that one was never on the table. <laughs> she is part of the government and the law. 
Rat? I look at her like quizzically, like, what? Rat? She says, yeah. <laughs> and we are in a government Locked building up. surrounded Locked by guards up. and other people with sharp, pointy weapons. So, I have a sharp, pointy weapon. <laughs> that is what she said, and that is where we <laughs> back down. Ma'am, please continue. She says, that's. That is really the, the gist of it, but you will, you'll notice them. They really like to run around in, in cloaks. It's pretty cliche, but those who do not wear their cloaks are often seen brandishing a tattoo on their left forearm. This tattoo is quite simply, it looks like a cloud with the face of a demon in it. It's pretty recognizable, but a lot of them like to, again, cover up. Uh, if you ever come across somebody and they try to discuss with you, and she puts her hands up, as in like, my hands are free of this, you do what you will. We'll feed them to the ship, okay. And she, she kind of goes back and she's like, I didn't hear that, but yes, please do. <laughs> we'll get creative. And Teddy smiles broadly. <laughs> we'll make sure their souls get no refs after they depart. We, we appreciate your service. We look forward to hearing back from when you uh, when you return. <clears throat> Speaking of service, there does seem to be one area of this that we have not touched on. Uh, that does. Yeah, you got to be paying us. Uh, okay, yeah, there we go. <clears throat> Teddy sits back uh, down. Yes, absolutely, there will be payment. Half up front, right now. <laughs> now, uh, I'm gonna be honest, Rudder. Where are we gonna spend it if we're going up to the surface? Just <laughs> <He just> laughs. <laughs> We can I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I trust you. You're government folk. If I can get a writ, that'll be good enough for me. Puts his back as cowboy. Some payment some payment would be ideal. We could buy supplies before we leave. You see, ma'am, I'm, I'm a naval officer. I'd be a naval officer, in fact. So, payment. We're government. We work together. You know, uh, payment be cool. Yeah, I am. It's going to be awful, too. Oh, no, wait, it might not be. No, that's not bad. Oh, says, shit, no, that's yeah, not bad I, at all. I respect your, I respect your position. Uh, and she uh, reaches into the left drawer and pulls out a small a small case and opens it up, and there are five sacks of coin in there. And she says, in fact, it might be fair to pay you all ahead of time. And she just drops a sack in front of I... all of you guys. Immediately picks it up, doesn't even let it touch the table. Yeah, Rudder, Rudder would do the same and like just slip it into how, his. Uh, just into how his much toe. gold is in these bags? Snatch. There you go, Bessie. The cost of your food is now covered. Uh, she says there is uh, ninety gold pieces. Did you think you ship gold? No, that'll cover food for Bessie. <laughs> uh, he's gonna clear his throat and goes, "Yeah, is there be there anywhere on this little place?" Or I can buy the services of individuals for cheap. You know, deckhands, orphans. Orphans that have been bad. Orphans that nobody really cares about anymore. Prisoners, people with she, no family. What he said. <laughs> she, uh, Widowers. She says often Teddy is criminals looking appalled. are not, uh, <laughs> suffered to live for very long. <laughs> she, she says, uh, although... Don't and she says, no, that no, I don't think there's anyone, anyone like that. Uh, able to. I, that'd be unfortunate. Maybe, I liked it. I was into it. Maybe, I'll tell you what, Rudder. <laughs> first one, first one, we'll just take out the kneecaps and you can do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I, 
Nothing likes getting kicked in the kneecaps. Trust me. And he looks at the orb. And he looks and looks and realizes that you don't have kneecaps. He yeah, he doesn't. No. Yeah. There are no kneecaps if they're peg legs, yeah. right? And uh, he's going to look at the oracle, and before he finishes, his, he stops speaking, he's, he's going to say, And remember, this be the day you met Captain Rudder, the best pirate on the seas. <laughs> and she she looks kind of like fake shocked, and she's like, I thought you were a government official. Well, if that's all, then. And that's all she wrote, everybody. Well, we will see you at noon tomorrow at the top of the mountain. And yeah. And oh, Teddy, I think, like, gestures everybody up. Like, all right, I think we worn out our welcome here. As I go to stand up, uh, is there anything on her desk, like, worth stealing that I could nick? <laughs> or even in the room. Or even in the room itself, as I'm, like, going to leave. Is there a nice pen leaving, that you can pocket? Um, yeah. There yeah. is... It's basically a tall, uh, solid gold candle holder, and there is one on either side of the of the door, and they're just kind of sitting on ledge. Okay. All right, you roll a sleight of hand for me. Yeah, I'm gonna try to take the left one and like slide it into my jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Teddy's yeah. already out the door. That'll be a twenty-six. Oh sh. <laughs> Expertise, man. Expertise. Uh, yeah. She she doesn't notice. She. She kind of waves goodbye to you guys and immediately starts to dig around in her in her desk. So like her head is down in in the drawer. So as you leave, you're just like yeah. snatch. Yep. Just pick it up, put it into my coat somewhere. Like try to like shove it in there into the fucking into like the naval officer's uh, coat. And he goes, "I I'd be good to go." That was that was great. <laughs> that was lovely. Uh, so yeah. Are you guys? Are you you're headed back to the inn or? Yeah. Uh, is Frednick coming with us? Have you asked him? Hmm. Uh, yeah, if he's in the office on the way out the door, I'm not even going to ask him. I'm just going to grab him by like the collar and say, "All right, work day's done. Let's go." Yeah, oh, 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 okay. Uh, Taking yeah. him, I yell back. <laughs> she says, "Yeah, he probably needs it." <laughs> nice. Uh, Captain Rose is going to turn to his newly to his newly found friends or whatever he's going to think of them right now and uh, say. Oh, I got business to take care of. I see you all tomorrow. And he's going to head off in the search of the orc that he hired to his service or possibly some homeless people on the street. I was going to try to stop you, but nope. You go on. I'm going to get you to roll. Okay, where would you... Where do you think you would go for this in the city? Uh, are there any docks nearby? Yeah, so there, there's, there back are back alleys, alleys and there are... There are docks. And yeah, docks and back alleys, yeah. So I think right now, uh, he'd probably be looking for the orc. That's Actually, no. Uh, he'd be looking for a homeless person in one of the alleys nearby, if there's any. Okay. Uh, roll a perception for him. Uh, that's a 17. Uh, yeah, so as you're as you're leaving sort of the, the government area, uh, some of the back alleys, you notice that there's yeah, maybe two or three homeless people, uh, people who are a little down on their luck. You don't know whether they're homeless yourself or not. They look like they could just be crawling out of the back entrance of the bar, or maybe they've just <clears throat> maybe they are down on their luck. But there are a couple people back there, yeah. Alright, uh, I'm gonna, like, just, like, approach them, and I'll say, I, which one of you be wanting gold? Roll a d6 for me. Uh, <laughs> five. Okay, uh, yeah, everybody, there's, there's three of them back there, all three of them are like, yep, we're all interested in gold. He's gonna pull out the bottle, and I I be needing you to get on me ship and get into the bottle. I'll be giving you each 20 gold pieces for a day's work. 20 gold pieces a day. 20 gold pieces an hour, if you be good enough. 
they're very intrigued. Roll a pers- uh, roll, roll persuasion with advantage on that. Okay. Not that I think you need it. But... Persuasion? Yeah, you managed yeah. well for that. Uh, so that'd be a 19. Yeah, they're ready and willing. They're like, but 20, 20 an hour, if I'm really good at this? Yes, absolutely. I... And he's going to pop open the lid of the bottle and pray that through that, that the ones that have approached get sucked into the bottle. Yeah, considering how well you talk them into being part of the, the crew, you get all three. All right. And as they get sucked into the bottle, they'd probably see the other crew working around, and they'd probably, like, the crew would kind of know what's going on of the ship, and he'd whisper in the bottle, Yeah, take them new recruits down to the bottom deck. Let them meet Bessie so they can get acquainted. And he's going to close the lid of the bottle and shove it back into his coat as the sounds of Bessie digesting three individuals is heard from inside the bottle. Amazing. And he's probably going to... Yeah, and he's probably just gonna go look for that orc now. Uh, what are the rest of you guys doing? Back to the bar. Yeah, I'll take Frednick to the bar. We'll get a table for y'all. Tonight, Frednick, we turn you from a lizard boy into a lizard man. Um, oh, Jesus. I'd like to stay behind uh, with Varys for a moment with the oracle. All right, I noticed you carried divining tools. If you don't mind, I'd like to read into our journey, see if we are to expect anything. I think this oracle might be a good conduit. And she pulls out her little bag of fish bones and like little water-worn stones and pebbles and casts augury for the next minute. Uh, what does augury do? So submits as a ritual, it takes a minute. By casting gem inlaid sticks or some other divining tool, the GM chooses from the following possible outcomes. So this will take about 30 minutes of time. Varys grabs her bones and she's like, yes, let's. And she uh, pours out her bones and you realize there are little teeth, humanoid teeth that have been etched with runes. Did you collect these yourself? Yes. There are many bodies in the deep. So we spend the next 30 minutes. Plants and bones. <laughs> oracle getting in the on oracle. us. So the oracle is, is looking at this and she sees... She notices that she's only got one candlestick left, and she's like, "Oh, that's that's weird." Well, I'll just I'll just light this one anyway. And she, because she gets really excited, she's like, "Oh, yes, let, let's do, let's do this. You can do this right here." She kind of puts her hands on on the floor, a little ways away from where you guys are are casting your casting your bones. And as you guys finish, her head snaps back, looks directly to the ceiling, and her hair lifts, and there's just. Just this faint white light coming from her eyes. You'll be led by the light of the feral moon, eyes of green and fur of red. These will be your haven through days of travel to the northern city. But beware the shadow of the giant, the son of fire and thunder. For evil lurks in places you seek. Take care that you do not perish. And as fast as it happened, she is back to normal again. 